Welcome into Rocky Talk, the daily Tennessee podcast. My name is Josh Ward. I'm excited to be with you here today as it's kind of a new era with the Rocky Talk podcast. A lot of what we've been doing over the last couple of years, talking about Tennessee every single day, but of course, kind of a new home. RockyTalkPodcast.com is the website where I'm posting updates every day and posting the show for sure. And in just a moment, I'm going to go over some details of what's going on as we do begin this new era of the podcast, but I am very excited to continue it after seccountry.com unfortunately closed down last week and had a great time, and I really appreciate the platform from SEC Country to do the podcast over the last couple of years, the chance to work with Mike Griffith and Blake Morgan along the way. It was a, a really fun time and a great run, I believe, and that's why I think this can be a successful venture moving forward with the Rocky Talk podcast. But I'm going to go over just some details of what's going on, and then we're going to get to some talk around Tennessee. A couple of recruiting updates for you, and then Barrett Salee of CBSSports.com is going to join the show. We'll talk about what's going on with Tennessee, his thoughts on the first six or seven months with Jeremy Pruitt at the helm, and goals for Tennessee's football team this upcoming fall, year one, for Jeremy Pruitt. So all of that right here on Rocky Talk, the daily podcast talking about what's going on with Tennessee. And I do want to emphasize daily podcast. On the introductory episode, which I posted Friday, I said might scale back a little bit. I might go to two days a week for sure with unscheduled shows somewhere in between if news were to break out. But after thinking about it and talking to a few people and getting some feedback, one reason I think the show's been successful is because it's been a daily podcast. I don't think that really exists anywhere where you can have a, a daily podcast that's available on demand for you that's just talking about what's going on with Tennessee. So my plan is to make it a daily podcast. I'll be here tomorrow. I'll be here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, five days a week talking about what's going on with Tennessee. And each day the show length might vary, especially again this month while there is less going on. But I'll have something for you each day on what's going on with Tennessee football and Tennessee athletics. Right now, the show is available on SoundCloud, and I am in the process of waiting for approval to be on iTunes, Google Play, and then some of the other podcast providers, the third-party spots like Overcast and TuneIn and Stitcher. So waiting on approval with those podcast providers, which I believe can happen anytime. So Hopefully it'll happen very soon, but I will be here on SoundCloud and I'm going to post the podcast every day at rockytalkpodcast.com. So if you check there, you'll find it. If you're on SoundCloud, following the SoundCloud feed probably helps as well, but that's where it is right now. And as soon as it's available on the other podcast apps, I will of course let you know. And then the other thing that I will mention is Help is needed with spreading the word about the podcast online, telling friends, family that, hey, Josh Ward's doing this Rocky Talk podcast every day. It didn't go away. It's just gone to a new home. So spreading the word so people know about it, that would be a big help to me. And I'm excited that we're going to keep on going, talking about what's going on with Tennessee. So why don't we do that? As right now, there's not a ton going on. It's business as usual through the summer months. We are now in the month of July. So to just kind of set the stage of what's going on, it's the final few weeks before fall practice will begin. And the way Tennessee's schedule is set up over the next couple of weeks, Tennessee will finish the first summer semester later this week. Friday is the final day of the first session. And then the second session of summer school will begin next Monday. 
that's important to know because Tennessee is waiting to find out officially when linebacker J.J. Peterson will arrive. He was not here for the first session of summer school. Could the U.S. Army All-American linebacker be on campus next week for the second session? They would love to have him on campus to go through a month of workouts before fall practice begins coming up in just a few weeks here at the end of the month transitioning into August. So that's kind of where things are with Tennessee's football team. They continue summer workouts and they will wrap up the first session of summer school later this week. From a recruiting standpoint, the opening was going on this past weekend. You had a few Tennessee commits that were taking part in the finals. Quarterback Brian Maurer is the latest commitment for Tennessee, and he was taking part in the Elite 11, a part of the opening finals this week, as well as wide receiver Ramel Keaton and offensive lineman Wanya Morris. And then you have a few Tennessee targets that are taking part in the opening as well, including cornerback Jaden Hill, who visited last weekend, wide receiver Jalen Curry, who continues to show really strong interest in Tennessee and I think has a close connection with Tennessee's coaching staff, and then quarterback Talia Tagovailoa, who's committed to Alabama, but is continuing to be recruited by Tennessee staff. As the Vols are willing and very open, if Talia wanted to go to Tennessee, to take two quarterbacks in the 2019 class. So the opening going on this past weekend, it is a dead period in recruiting, but communication still takes place. That just limits the visits. You're not going to have prospects taking on-campus visits. You're not going to have face-to-face contact. But there is communication during the dead period, which is going on right now. And right now, I want to welcome to the show Barrett Salee. He covers college football and the SEC for CBSSports.com. He has a podcast covering the SEC, the Smothered and Covered. Check that out. And he joins the show. Barrett, I appreciate the time. I wanted to start with talk about Tennessee's upcoming season. I know not too long ago, you looked at the over-under win totals and Tennessee projected at five and a half. You said you will lean over with Tennessee going to a bowl game. What do you see when you look at Tennessee's situation, the schedule that the Vols will face, everything that Jeremy Pruitt is taking on in his first year? Well, it's really tough because you have the opener against West Virginia, probably the best West Virginia team since 2007, and you're, you're littered with roster issues if you're Tennessee. So uh, right out of the gate, it's tough. Uh, you get Auburn out of the West as your rotator. You know you have Alabama. So the schedule does you no favors whatsoever. And then on top of that, obviously, there's a lot of uh, of, of roster turnover and roster uncertainty. So you know, Jeremy Pruitt doesn't inherit much. And, and not to say that Tennessee can't succeed. They certainly can. But he could have. other coaches have inherited a lot more. Uh, so I think the, the issue with Tennessee is, all right, you know, how do you get to a bowl game? How do you scratch and claw to get that done? And more importantly, how do you develop the strength and conditioning program? Because that's been, uh, I think, a constant issue with Butch Jones. I think everybody knows that. Uh, but that's also something that can't be fixed in, you know, one off season. It takes a long time for, uh, for, for that to fix itself. So I, I think they've, they've got the right coach, but this season might be extremely difficult considering the roster turnover, the schedule, and, uh, and what Jeremy Pruitt inherited. What do you think of the approach that Jeremy Pruitt has taken to try to fix the roster as much as he can immediately with bringing in grad transfers like Keller Christ at quarterback Brandon Kennedy recently, Madre London, the running back from Michigan State, some JUCO guys. They also they, they bring Jawan Jennings back to the program after he was dismissed by Brady Hoke in the interim. What, what do you think of that overall move trying to do as much as they can in year one? 
Well, I never understood why Jawan Jennings got dismissed by Brady Hoke. That's like getting expelled because it's from a substitute teacher. That just <laughs> that never made sense to me whether he whether he deserved it or not. Brady Hoke and that staff certainly weren't the ones that should be making that decision. Uh, but you know, I'm fine with it. I know some people will say, "Hey, look, um, you know, you don't want to come in as a new coach and get uh, branded as as you know the transfer destination for wayward football players." But I don't see the problem in it now. Ten years ago, certainly that'd have been a, a a bad tag to have attached to your name and your program. But I think now players know where the roster is lacking, and coaches do as well. And the transfer market's more acceptable, and or accepted, I should say. And and you have guys who want to compete, and that's the ultimate point: is that you know all these coaches, whether they're first-time head coaches, first-year head coaches, or veterans, they want to create that culture of competition. So if you're not deep at a position, well, stock it back up and make the guys who maybe were comfortable, uncomfortable. And so I'm fine with it. I think Keller Chris is a good quarterback. I think he'll probably win that job. Um, Madre London, I think people forget he ran for 500 yards in Michigan State, won, uh, won the Big Ten, and they went to the college football playoff uh, as basically a 1B to L.J. Smith. So, um, you know, I, uh, or L.J. Scott, I should say. But, um, you know, it's, I'm, a, I'm totally fine with it. And I think now it's far more accepted than it would have been 10 years ago. And, and a lot of these coaches uh, understand that you're not going to get branded as as the, you know, the wayward, the, the outpost for wayward college football players if you accept graduate transfers because ultimately they serve, I think, more of a purpose than signing a bunch of recruits because the co- the players on the roster will understand, hey, look, we gotta we got to fight and cause to keep our job or, or win a job. So that's a, that's a good thing no matter who you are. Talking to Barrett Salise, CBSSports.com, SiriusXM. How do you compare the situations at Tennessee and Florida? And the reason I ask, one, they're rivals, but also Dan Mullins taking over in Gainesville the same time Jeremy Pruitt is in Knoxville. They're similar, although I would say that Florida is in a much better position to get better quicker. Um, because, A, Dan Mullins done this at an extremely high level for a while now. B, they've got a better talent base to choose from, so it's more likely they find immediate impact guys. Uh, but they're very similar, uh, I think, because of the lack of strength and conditioning. Uh, people forget Florida, they had players going outside of the program during the season to get uh, speed and agility training. That That's not supposed to happen, ever, anywhere. So they've, they've obviously been suffering from a lot of the same problems Tennessee has. So, um, you know, it's, it's a quicker ramp up because you're Florida, you have a little bit more, um, you know, of a foundation to build off of, you have a little bit more, uh, you know, history to build off of. You have a coach who's, you know, coached quite a bit and had success coaching. Uh, so all of those things are going to help uh, Florida. And that's not to say that Tennessee is not going to ever get there. They certainly will, but it's just going to take a lot more time. Yeah, and you, you've mentioned a couple of times strength and conditioning. That is a major factor. I, I thought that was one of the m- biggest mistakes Butch Jones made was the lack of handling the transition into his 2016 season when he had an interim strength and conditioning coach. But if you look at the best programs in the country in college football, certainly in the SEC, it starts with Alabama. Don't we often point to what they get done in the strength and conditioning program as well? Several times. You know, seeing Alabama from the, from the sideline against SEC opponents. I mean, and it looks like varsity versus eighth grade football. I mean, they just look different. They look almost like they're created in a video game. And, uh, you know, I think that that obviously is a problem, but I think it also speaks to how good Alabama is. But you've seen teams sort of uh, get back to that level or at least look close. I mean, Auburn, Georgia, LSU at times, although I think LSU uh, has a little bit of the same problem. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a huge issue. And I 
think on the on the, uh, the another aspect of that that I don't think is talked about enough is the fact that a good strength and conditioning program not only helps you just from an individual standpoint uh, and making your body tough enough to, to handle SEC football, but it is another aspect of that culture of competition where you know these players in the weight room are trying to beat each other because that's just how they are, and if you, you create a mindset like that where you know your players want to beat the others in every aspect of life, including weight training, then that's going to translate to the locker room in the fall. So it, it's not just an issue of of just not developing, uh, you know, the bodies of players, although that kind of is where a lot of people focus. But uh, the strength and conditioning program is as much, if not more, a part of developing the culture that these coaches want uh, in, in, inside of all the football programs. And then, Barrett, as you're quite aware, the coaching change for Tennessee was something to behold. You had the athletic director change yeah. as well. I mean, that's a, that's an understatement. Tennessee is the storyline that keeps on giving. But over the last seven months, since Jeremy Pruitt's been in there, hired by Philip Fulmer, how has Tennessee been viewed, do you think, since that occurred? And, and I would say long-term, there is a lot of rebuilding of the image to be done. But to this point, how would you characterize the last six to seven months with Jeremy Pruitt at the helm? Uh, you know, I think he's done a good job. I think he's done a lot to stabilize everything, and, and that's hard to do considering, you know, the, the situation when he took over the job. So I think he's done a good job. I think the perception of Tennessee, you know, I think unfairly nationally is a negative one because of what happened on Chiana Sunday and the fact that a small minority of people uh, used what happened at Penn State against him. I, I think by and large the vast majority of people that were against it, myself included, understood that it, it wasn't a good decision from a football perspective, plain and simple. So, um, you know, but I think nationally that gets lost because people don't understand. People, you know, read headlines and retweets and then forget about it. So, um, you know, it, the perception is negative, uh, very negative. And I don't know how you fix that. You know, Jeremy Pruitt's done a great job, but all those folks that have a negative impression of the program aren't paying attention to that. So I think it'll take a lot of, a lot of time. I think it'll take multiple years of, Tennessee not doing Tennessee things and, and getting on all the weird headlines like they always do. So it's not going to be easy, and that's not fair, really, I think, but it's reality. And, uh, you know, I think Tennessee knew that when they sort of went through this whole process after Shiano Sunday and talked to a bunch of people, and, and all those guys turned them down because they understood that it's going to take a while. And um, I think Jeremy Pruitt is in a good spot because, Tennessee basically made the decision, okay, this is a full rebuild. This is a full gut job if you're watching HGTV. Uh, so that might take that, that might, you know, make the time pass even slower. But in the end, I think they'll be just fine as long as they're patient. Barrett Salee, CBSSports.com. We're in the final month stretch here before fall practices begin opening. I guess a little less than that here. What, what do you pay attention to? I guess it's the final month of talking season. Anything that stands out that you'll be paying attention to here over the next four weeks or so in the college football world? Yeah, nobody gets in trouble. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, media days I think is going to be rather dull, uh, just because the only really question, unless there's something unforeseen that happens between now and uh, and Atlanta, is you know the red shirt rule and and how that affects people like Justin Fields or people like Zamir White at Georgia, uh, people like Henry Jones at Florida. Uh, you know, I think that will be the dominating storyline for the next month. Outside of that, there's really nothing. I mean. You don't have quarterback battles actively going on right now. You don't have practices. You don't have anything other than talking season. So I think a lot of it will be still legislative stuff that by and large got done, you know, a month ago in Destin. And um, if there is anything tangible that comes out of it, 
be negative. Nobody wants that. Yeah, you're right. You can read Barrett's work at cbssports.com. Download and subscribe to his podcast as well, the SEC Smothered and Covered podcast. Barrett, really appreciate the time. Thank you, and uh, I'll see you there at uh, SEC Media Days coming up in just a couple of weeks. It'll be fun. Make your karaoke plans for Wednesday night. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's kind of legendary status at this point. The Wednesday night, you guys go out, and uh, I think last year took it to the uh, the highest level you have with karaoke. Yeah, and you know, also this year we'll have some Braves to watch in the All Star game. That'll be a change of pace from the last few years. That's true, and a first place team, hopefully not gone wood. Yeah, yeah, uh, but hey, the the pace is there for that to be the case in two weeks. It has been for the last two months. Uh, at Barrett Salee on Twitter, follow him there as well. Barrett, thank you as always. My pleasure. Barrett Salee of CBSSports.com. And speaking of SEC Media Days, from a football standpoint, shenanigans aside, we'll see what people think about Tennessee down there in Atlanta in two weeks. It is in Atlanta this year, not Hoover, Alabama, where it typically is. They'll be at the College Football Hall of Fame for four days. And I'll be down there, so we'll have coverage for you right here on the podcast. But we'll start to see what people really think about what Tennessee will be this season and where it fits in with the rest of the SEC East. And this week, I'll have some thoughts for you from Phil Still, who has his annual preseason magazine, what he thinks of now the Jeremy Pruitt era taking over at Tennessee. Also some thoughts on the team. We'll start to get into that as the Vols get ready for camp in just a few weeks. And one other note with the podcast, I have a Facebook page set up. I'm on Twitter, at Josh underscore Ward, if you want to send me any questions or comments about the show. And again, I'll be spreading information there about the podcast each day. And you can check out rockytalkpodcast.com where I will be posting it there through SoundCloud five days a week. Rocky Talk lives on. Thanks so much for hanging out today, and I'll see you tomorrow. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.